Good evening, church, and thank you um, for the opportunity tonight to share with you. Um, we continue with a series that we've been doing um, over, well, really since the, the new year began, and that series has been entitled uh, Broken. And the reason for that is that we do truly believe that God is still in the business of restoring broken things. He is in the business of restoring broken people. And you know, normally with these sorts of, um, like with these series or, um, yeah, these like sermon uh, titles that we have, we usually put like a time limit on it. We like to say like, oh, we're going to do a 12-week series or we're going to do a four-week sermon series. Um, But we haven't really done that. And um, probably a big reason for that is because we see that this is so relevant and the, the longer we continue to do it, the more, the more uh, feedback that we're getting of just how um, this series about broken is really touching people's lives. Uh, we're seeing God move in miraculous ways and uh, what we really want to do is we just want to keep going and as long as he keeps giving us the message, then we'll keep preaching it. I have a few verses that I want to share just to begin uh, tonight, and then I'm going to pray. Um, They're found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and they're verses 17 to 18. Uh, They're pretty well known if you've been around church. If you haven't, I'm going to read them out anyway. So that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 18, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Church, just let me pray as we look at God's word tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have placed each of us in this place tonight, God. And in order that we would be blessed by your word, God, in order that we would glorify you. And so we pray that tonight as we would look to your word and um, we would do the different things that we do, God, whether it be uh, worship or whether it be serving you, Lord, we just pray that tonight that each person would be blessed. We pray that your Holy Spirit would move in this place, God, and you would make your presence felt. Lord, we ask that you would change us, you would continue to shape us into who you would have us to be. And Lord, we just say thank you for your word. We thank you that it builds us up We thank you that it encourages us, Lord, that it sustains us. And tonight, as we would look at it, God, would you uh, continue to move in this house? In your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Church, I'm going to give a little bit of context to the verses that I read there. Um, And because these verses come in the middle of a chapter, you'll notice that it was verses 17 and 18 that I read out, and they come in the middle of a chapter where the writer, um, who is named Paul, is talking about something called the ministry of reconciliation. And what, what that means, it, it sounds like a long and complicated title, but all that simply means is he is working for God, but he's telling people about the change that God has made in his life. He's telling others about how he has been reconciled, how he has been um, joined with God, that he has been partnered with God, that he has been redeemed by God. And so he's telling people about the change that God has made in his life. And so he challenges us to do the same. 
you know, uh, throughout the Bible that we're, we're challenged with this idea that we are just to keep the message of the gospel. We're not just to keep the words that God gives to us in the Bible to ourselves, but we're to go out into the world and we're to tell people what God is telling us in his word. And so Paul, in this um, story, he teaches us about the ministry of reconciliation. He teaches us about how God transforms his heart. And what he wants to do is he wants to get away from the practical things. He wants to get away from um, the things that people have or the position that they hold. And what he wants to do is he wants to glorify the change in his heart, the change that God has made to his heart. Paul is a fascinating character in the Bible. Um, As I said, the change in him, it's not material, it's a change of heart. And what he has very much done, and we can see that when we read uh, the New Testament, is he has very much left the old and he's approached the new. He's very much left behind his old life, the person that he was, and he's taken up a new life in Christ. His life has really totally and utterly changed direction. Paul's transformation is one of the most remarkable transformations in the Bible because he goes from somebody who's persecuting Christians, he goes from somebody who's denying God and who's um, imprisoning Christians and he's punishing Christians. He goes from that person to somebody who's actually preaching Christ and who's saying, I want you to be reconciled with Christ. You know, this transformation that I read of tonight of from in Paul's life, well, it gives me hope because it gives me hope that I don't believe that there's a single man or woman or child that can walk into this place no matter what your life has looked like before. I want to tell you that God can reconcile you to himself tonight. God has a plan for your life and it's a plan of transformation. Paul does something glorious with this life of Paul's and we read that all throughout the, the New Testament and listen, God transforms lives. He takes people who are in a broken state, who are in a broken attitude, and he transforms their lives. You know, tonight, if you call yourself a child of God, if you are a Christian, then you more than likely have one of these stories, a transformation story. No matter what age you made that decision or no matter what your journey looked like before you made that decision, you more than likely have a transformation story. And I accepted Jesus into my life. Um, The decision that I made happened in 2010. Um, I was 15, so you can do the math for what age I am now. I might look a little bit older, but I promise you, 2010 I was 15 and little did I know that the journey that God would lead me from and he would lead me from um, really a boy a teenager who was fearful I, I lacked in confidence I was anxious as a teenager but he has led me to this place now where I actually have the privilege of working for the church that I made the decision to follow Christ in. And I have the privilege of sharing the message of Christ with you. But I'm just one example. And I'm sure there's so many people in here where God has taken you from one place and transformed your life and moved you to another place. He has given you new life as we read in the verses. And the old 
old has passed away because there's a new creation. Christ has made you new. And as I say, I'm just one of many stories. I get to do this. I get to share with you. I get to lead worship. Um, I get to do a lot of different things. But as I said, I work at Living Hope. And part of my role at Living Hope is I run our social concern department. And what that means is... We um, give furniture to people who are in need of furniture. We move furniture for people from A to B. We give food parcels to people who need it. We simply just help whatever way that we can. Um, But tonight what I want to do is I actually want to show you a practical demonstration of what I do at Living Hope. And so I've got a few guys at the back who are going to bring in one of the things that I'm quite familiar with. Um, so as I said I move a lot of furniture so this is one of the items that I've become quite familiar with (laughs) you say up here mate so this is one of the items that I've become quite familiar with in my role at church. Um, this is a sofa. Now this particular one, it's all, it's all right, but we don't really tend to give out ones like this because, as you can see, it doesn't have any legs. I'm sure it had originally. Um, the cushions are a bit worn. You might not be able to see that, but it's a, bit, it's a little bit old. It's a little bit battered. So wouldn't normally give out um, a sofa like this because generally the stuff that we get is quite nice. So I apologize if you gave us this. We actually wrecked it, I promise. It was, it, was in a, it was in a decent condition when we got it, but then we just wrecked it. So I apologize for that. But um, I can guarantee you the kids um, in the youth hall have got plenty of use out of this over the last few months. They've absolutely loved it. Um, but as I said, I'm giving a practical demonstration tonight. And so you can see this lovely guy to my right. Um, I actually, we don't know his name, we'll just call him the intern. So this is the intern. (laughs) No, this is Ben. So Ben helps me with a lot of the van jobs and a lot of the things that we do. And I told him tonight, what me and him are going to try and do is we're going to try and lift this sofa from here through that door and into that store. And I haven't actually looked at that store. I've been told that it was cleaned this week, but I haven't measured the sofa. I haven't measured the door. I haven't done anything like that because generally that's the way it works. We don't get to measure the doors we go to. We don't measure the sofas that we're bringing or anything like that. Generally, when we go to houses, this is how we do things. Now, Ben doesn't tend to like to walk backwards, but I'm going to have to make him walk backwards for this. So you're on this side, Ben. All right, and what me and him are going to do is we're going to try and lift this sofa into this room. Now, that door looks quite wide to me, so I think we'll be all right. This sofa's not too big. It's not too heavy. Ben needs, like, loads of encouragement. Normally, I have, like, Scooby snacks or something, but I don't have any tonight, so just... That's it, Ben. So you're going to reverse. You keep going. (laughs) Right, to you. To you. Yeah. Now, pivot. 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 There we go. Oh. We'll probably just leave Ben in there. That'll be all right. Everybody round of applause for the intern. Ben 
panel know that's one of the easiest jobs that we've ever actually done. Usually, they don't go that smoothly. We're having to take off doors, we're having to take off legs, not our legs, like the legs of the sofas, um, but we're having to do all this sort of stuff to get it through. But that's a pretty easy job. The reason I wanted to show you that is I just wanted to show you a little bit of a practical demonstration of a story that I'm going to share about when I moved a sofa in my own house. So my dad asked me, we need to get rid of our old sofa, so would you help me come and move it? Because when he can drive a van, then, as you know, you don't really have a day off, so the family just um, ring you. They're like, we need to dump this, we need to do that. So he asked me, can we move this sofa? I'm like, yep, no problem. So we had this sofa in our living room for years. I mean, it must have saw generations of pets and children, and like we had it for so long, and it was a three-seater leather recliner sofa, so usually they're the heavy ones, they're the big dogs, and so we're, um, he asked me if I would help him move it, I'm like, yep, no problem, and he said, what I'll do is I'll get a few fellas around, and we'll, um, we'll all lift it then, it'll make our lives a wee bit easier, and so I said to him, don't do that because they'll just get in the way, right? Me and you, we can do it, no problem, just the two of us. Church, famous last words, okay? Just the two of us, no problem, famous last words. So what we do is we attempt to move this thing. So me and my dad attempt to lift um, this three-seater recliner leather sofa. And so we, we get it off the ground, just about, and we get it to the door of the living room. So it has to come out of the living room, has to go into the hallway, and obviously out the front door. Well... The furthest that we sort of got it in one piece was to the door of the living room. So we're sweating and we're trying to maneuver it. And we're like, I'm like, right, pivot to you, to me, let's go, right? So we're, we're trying to get it through the door and the thing just isn't budging. And then he says to me, here, I remember the last time when we brought this in, we took the door frame off and we took the door off. Like, well, thanks for that. I'm 100, like, my heart rate's 198 right now, so I appreciate you remembering that at this stage. So then he takes the door off, he takes the frame off and all that sort of stuff. It still will not go through this door because actually what's happened, and we realised what had happened was he got the hall done first. So he got that part of the house done first, the hallway and all that. And what had happened was we'd got floor put down, but it was put down over the old floor. So it had risen by a few inches, and those few inches meant that we just could not get this sofa through the door because it was part of the old part of the house that still needed done, that still needed renovated, and we were trying to move it into the new part of the house, but it just wasn't moving, it wasn't fitting. And so... Then I said, which is where this comes from tonight, we're breaking it. And so that's what we did. We took a hammer to it, we tore it apart, um, we took it apart piece by piece, and then eventually it goes through the door. And why am I sharing all of this tonight? Well, I just think, when I think of this story, and I think of my dad and I struggling to get this huge thing through the door and into the new part of our house. Well, I think about us and how as human beings and as people, we have a habit 
of making changes, but still trying to bring our old broken things with us. We have a habit of making changes in our lives. And what we want to do is we want to move forward. And that's a good thing. It's good to have goals and it's good to want to move forward. And it's good to want to move ahead in your life. But we, we spend so much time and effort trying to drag the old, the broken things through into the new parts of our lives. I want to tell you tonight, if you want a new life in Christ, if you want to live in the fact that you are a new creation, as I read, then I need to tell you there's some things that just will not fit through that door. There are some things from your past, from your old life, that just will not fit through that door. They will not fit into the mold of your new life. There are things that we just need to leave behind because they don't fit our new lives anymore. The old has passed away. It will not go through the threshold. The old needs to be left behind. It won't cross over into the new. There are things in our lives that need to be broken so that we know the Lord has spoken. It's as simple as that, church. There are things in our lives that need broken and torn apart so that we know that God has spoken. You know, removing things from our lives is difficult. It is hard. And as you've seen tonight when myself and Ben were lifting through the door and a story I explained about me and my dad as well. Listen, removing things from your life is difficult even when there are people there. Even when you have somebody by your side. Removing the old and the broken, the thing that is keeping you where you were, it's tough even when there's people there. Your brothers and your sisters in Christ are there to give you a hand, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. It's still hard. It's still going to take that sweat. It's still going to take that work. When you've been comfortable with something, when you've been comfortable with something for years in your own life, then breaking it apart will not be easy. But even with help, it's not easy, but I want to encourage you that if you are a child of God, you are a new creation. And if you're not, well, you can't be. Because there are things that you need to break apart in order to live your new life fully. You see, the Bible tells us in John 10.10 that Christ came that we would have life and that we would have it to the full. And there are things in your life that you need to break apart that need to be broken. There are chains that are holding you back. There are things that are binding you. And you need to break those things apart in order that you would live fully for Christ. Because as I said, there are some things that just need left behind, that need forgotten about. There's broken things that are holding us back. But it doesn't mean all the time that you need to totally forget about what it was that was holding you back. But I want to encourage you that the thing that needs to be broken, it needs to be broken in order that it's a shell of its former self, in order that it has no power over you anymore, in order that you are no longer comfortable in it. 
And I don't know what that is for you, but you need to be able to look at the thing that was holding you back. It needs to be a shell of its former self because then you can look at it and you can say, look where I've come from and look where I am now. I am a new creation. The old is over here. It has passed away. I have taken on this new life in Christ. And I want to encourage you that when you look at that broken thing, that is your testimony. That is the thing that was in your life that was holding you back, but it is now broken. It doesn't hold any power over you. You are a new creation, church. You are a new creation, and the old has passed away. You need to break it apart. I want to read some more verses just as we come to the last few minutes. And it says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. The guy that we were looking at earlier, he writes this, he says, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I Press on. I press on toward the goal to the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We need to forget what lies behind. We need to strain forward. We need to press on toward our new lives in Christ. The old has passed away, church. The old has passed away and we need to press on toward the goal. And what is the goal? It's the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's a few verses that I always like to share just to finish. And the first of which is in Romans. So three verses that I want to share just to close tonight. The first of which is in Romans and it's in Romans chapter 3 verse 23. It says, for all, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, it tells us that all have sinned. And I would be lying to you if I said that that wasn't true. It is. It says, for all have sinned. This tells us that we have sin in our lives. What does that actually mean? Well, the verse so kindly explains it to us. It says that we fall short. We fall short of the glory of God. We don't reach God's glory. His ways are higher than our ways. We fall short of what he wants for us. He wants us to be a new creation. He wants us to be a new creation in Christ. And so we fall short. We sin. We make mistakes. We mess up. But listen, I keep saying we because I'm not here to berate anybody tonight. We we all sin. It says for all. The verse says for all. I'm not here to berate anybody. I've been you. I am you. We all do. We're in this together. And let me tell you, church, we, um, we don't just use it as a catchy slogan. We genuinely and we 100% authentically throw the doors open. We want people to come in with their baggage. We want people to come in with their broken things. And we want them to take a seat with the rest of us because we all have baggage. We all have broken things. And, but listen, we all serve the same God. And the same God wants to reconcile us to himself. 
the second last verse I want to share, and it's in Romans 5, 8. And it follows on, and it says, but. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, the reality is that we are all sinners, but the truth is that while we were in that state, and as I said, we throw open the doors, you come in whatever way you are, because the state that you are in, that is where Christ wants to meet you. The state that you are in, the sinful state that your life is in, well, that's where Christ died for you. We say that we aren't good enough for God. People, people said to me before, I'll sort this out and then I'll come to church. Or, no, I need to stop doing this. Uh, I feel like a hypocrite. Listen, you can't do this on your own. And so what, what we tell you to do and what the Bible tells you to do, more importantly, is to come with those broken things. You come with that baggage and then God will do the rest. You allow God to work in your life. I'm going to invite the team up as I share this final verse. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. It says there, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And when we confess that he is Lord, we also confess that we fall short. But that is okay because he is Lord. And we need to believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. And then you will be saved. You see, the verses that I've read tonight, they tell a story. They tell a story of God, the creator of the universe, and the one who breathes life into your lungs. Well, he has you here tonight. God has you in this place tonight for a reason. And that is this, that he wants you to hear the fact that the creator of the universe sent his only son to earth to die on a cross for the state that you're in now, he would die on a cross for you. And why would he do that? Well, he wants to reconcile you with himself. He wants you to come to him. He wants to make you a new creation. He wants the old to be passed away. And I always say this because we only speak truth here. The story doesn't finish with the Son of God dying on a cross. That's not the end of the story. Because if it was, then who are we to say that he was the Son of God? Well, the story goes on. And what happens is Jesus, he dies for our sin. He dies that so we would be reconciled to God so that we would have this new life. And he would die on the cross he would go into a tomb and there his body would lay for three days. But I say it would lay for three days because then Jesus raised to life. And this is the life that he offers to you tonight. 
He wants you to be a new creation. He's inviting you to Himself. He offers you new life. And it's not just some, some lunatic that went to a cross and who died, and that was the end of the story. No, he died on the cross, but then he rose again to life. And this is the life that he offers you, eternal life. You make a decision tonight to follow him. You make a decision to leave the old things, the old things, let them pass away, accept new life in Christ. Then you will live with him for eternity. That is the decision that God has brought you here to make tonight.